um, before that, please pray for us. Uh, I was watching one of my men preaching today, and um, the last two Sundays were, or three Sundays were, with Pastor Romel Nala. Oh, yeah, that's it. But today I asked one of the men to be preaching, and um, please be praying because. On the 12th, on the 12th of March, will be our 18th church anniversary, mm-hmm. and um, they also are going to celebrate my birthday. Boy, oh boy, I can feel I'm 17 years old. This <laughs> 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 body, <laughs> really, uh, it's 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 not easy when you pass. 70. I was okay when I was 60, but 70 is quite different. <laughs> but if God is willing to use me until past 80 or past 90, like Pastor, Salva, I'm still okay with that. All right. And please be praying. Um, 10 is my birthday, and so what they will do is um, celebrate on the 12th. Uh, on, yeah, on the 12th, and they will also, after the church service, they will be camping at my backyard. My backyard is quite big enough that ten big tents can can can, can accommodate ten big tents. Is it okay if I wake myself up and sing before I give the message? Yeah. Sure. 
due to their continued rebellion against God. Okay? Have you ever wondered why the children of Israel have been exiled into Babylon? It was because of their rebellion, continued rebellion against God. And so the book of Ezekiel pronounces judgment to both Israel and the surrounding nation. But it also provides a vision of the future millennial kingdom that matches and adds to the vision of the Old Testament uh, Old Testament text. And if you kind of read the book of Ezekiel, I said, what's that got to do with us? Have you asked? Have you have you? And what what does God all these Old Testament stories of Joseph and stories of Abraham and Moses, what's that got to do with us? Have you ever wondered that? Remember that this book is written, God put it there for our learning. The principle stands. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he hates sin before, he hates sin today. Amen. Yeah. And that's why this book is written so that you will find what they went through when they went against God, when they rebelled against God. And so the book of Ezekiel is important. Not only that Ezekiel, especially chapter 37, by the way, this is just an, an introduction, <laughs> presents a striking picture of the resurrection and the restoration of God's people. It also offers a picture of the constructed temple in Jerusalem, complete with the return of God's glory to his dwelling place. This section of Mr. of Shekel's prophecy looks forward to the people's worship after Christ's return. With us, with us saints, remember that? When we are raptured, the church is ruptured. All I need is that. <laughs> then there will be what? What's what's the next to happen after the rapture? And then seven years. Tribulation period, and then we will come down with Christ in the millennial kingdom. All right. Now, I'm lost now. All right. And by the way, God didn't exile Israel primarily to punish them. Now, I want you to listen very carefully with this because. This has a lot that God intended for us to learn. God didn't exile the Israelites primarily to punish them. And today, as in the past, God never has 
interested in punishment for punishment's sake. Rather, he intended the punishment or judgment in Ezekiel's day as a means to an end. That is to bring his people to a state of repentance, to a state of humility before the one true God. They had lived for so long in sin and rebellion, confident in their own strength. And a lot of people today, they don't need God. They're confident of their own strength. They are confident of their own intellect. They're confident of their own beautiful houses. And so with the neighboring nations, like they did not need God. How many of you have come across the people that, no, 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 I don't need God. Have you come across the people? Yep. After centuries of warnings, prophetic messages, invasions, God decided that the more significant action was required for these people. He had to remove the people from their promised land. I'm just kind of making it a summary of what had happened. Can you imagine the feelings of disorientation and confusion in the minds of these people? Even though many of the exiles were directly engaged in the sinful behavior that led God's judgment upon them, that did not prevent them from wondering why all these are happening to them. Just like when we sometimes find ourselves in difficult predicaments that after we knew that we were living in sin and did not follow God and just the same way we, we ask, why God? Why? As if God would say, oh, you don't know what you were doing. You rebelled against me. And that is the consequences of what you were doing. And this is the same with Israel. They were like, why, Lord? They were waiting for lives for five, I mean, for five years for God to send Ezekiel. And when God did, Ezekiel had a message to the people that, didn't, that they didn't want to hear. That God is the Lord of heaven and earth and the judgment the people were experiencing was a result of their own doings of their own sinful ways and so the book of Ezekiel reminds us to seek out the Lord now while everything is well Amen? To summon our lives. To align our lives with the one true God. This is not easy to understand unless you read the entire chapter, but I thought I'd summarize the entire book so that it will give you a little bit of background of what I'm going to talk about tonight. Can someone give me a word? Thank you. Also remember that whatever is written in this book, it carries principles we can learn 
as God's children in Christ Jesus. One good example of all that I spoke about is verse 8. I will be talking about this verse 8. To me, this is the focal point when God, through, through Ezekiel, said, Wherefore I have consumed, consumed them in my anger. Let's read. Let's all stand. Read. Chapter 43. Thank you. Verse 8. If you are ready, please. Amen. Amen. 43, verse 8. Oh, well, I lost my mind. And uh, I won't be long. Don't worry, I won't be long. This will be over soon in two, two hours. Amen. Okay. 43, I'm lost now. 43, verse 8. Okay, are you there? Amen. Okay. In their, ready, go. In their setting of the threshold, by the threshold, and their post by my post, and the wall between me and them, they have identified my holy name in their abomination that they have committed. God, please, O oh Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, I know that many Christians take for granted their being a Christian. I do not know, Lord, whether they are saved. Only you know and them if they are truly saved. Because the truly saved will follow you, will honor you will obey you, will humble before you, whatever you say, and whatever, oh God, you desire from us. Dear Lord, may your Holy Spirit help us to be teachable in this short message tonight, and I commit myself, oh God, that your Holy Spirit will help me with your word, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I read these chapters, and I'm not going through, going through all the significant measurements mentioned here because truly, if you ask me, I do not understand. And I know that many, many theologians have, have, have really studied these measurements that Ezekiel is talking about, but I'm not going to talk about that tonight. But it is amazing to find the reasons Israel used to justify their worship. I can see here that instead of choosing one God to serve, they decided they would practice two types of worship. And so let us see what we can learn from this. They accommodated, accommodated two types of worship by building a wall between God's altar and the altar of the other gods. Are you with me? They felt that this wall that God says they have 
built between me and them was a good separation that would keep the peace between God and their gods. They didn't want to abandon the true one God, but they also didn't want to abandon their gods, their idols. Incidentally, apart from the application this can give us to our individual spiritual lives, this is actually happening in many churches today. Even in Australia, I don't know, here in, in New Zealand, used to attend before, I, I really thought that I was the only Bible Baptist church or independent fundamental Baptist church around when I started, when God told me to start a ministry. I, I thought I was the only one until, and when they knew that there was a Baptist, they started to be friendly with me. I think. And so we were attending a Union Baptist. And praise God, that pastor was using King James Version. And praise God, his preaching were really spot on with what I grew up with. But this, this, this is the thing. In the morning, they were so solemn reading the Bible. They were so solemn in their prayers, right? But look in the afternoon. Lights, discos, drums. In the same church. Yep, saying that, yep. <clears throat> there was like a wall separating the worship of true God yep. and the worship of other gods. That's right. Wow. And God says, hey John, get out. I want you to start your ministry. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord that you think someone who's rubbish. I really, and even, even my, 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 my siblings, until now, some of my siblings that I'm not a pastor still are really, they hated me. Because I was a problem to my dad, I was a problem to my mom, until my dad died, and I was a problem to the community, and my siblings hated me. In fact, when, when my mom, when my mom learned that I became a pastor, they said, she said, ah, come on, don't be kidding. I probably believe if, if he is in prison, then. my message. 
In the life of many Christians, they are so pious, they are so godly looking during Sunday morning, but live like the world during the week. Our individual lives have to be different. Right. If Jesus is the light, your Savior, you have to be the light. To your friends, to your classmates, yep. to your workmates, yep. to someone. Same is true in the church. It is an insult to the wisdom of God to bring worldly ways in the house of God. Just to mix up the loss. Oh, Pastor Brother, what, what, why are you allowing this disco in the evening? You don't understand, my man. We're reaching these young people. As if I can do better than that, Mr. put unworthiness into the church just to now it doesn't work. Right. Amen? Yep. That's insulting the wisdom of God. Yep. Bringing worldly ways into the house of God. Yep. Just to bring out the loss. Yep. Right. God's wisdom is my children, my son, my daughter, be alive to somebody. That's God's wisdom. And God wants you to live pleasing, holy before Him. So that he can, he can use you for His glory. <clears throat> Here in Ezekiel's account, they built a wall to separate the two types of worship. Instead of forsaking all together, other gods away from them, To keep them from being polluted, they entertain both. We worship the true God. We also worship our gods. How many Christians are like that? They knew that Jehovah God is a jealous God. The God who delivered them from Egypt. But their desires that mingled with worldly ways, worldly stuff, and brought them to a point where they justified their own compromise. And so I'm going to give you points. If you have pens and notebooks, it's very important that you really take notes. Because you can go back to this. It is clear that, number one, they, were, they, they built a wall of compromise. A wall of compromise. And it became a wall of judgment before God. Just because they deemed this type of worship to be okay, doesn't mean that God accepted it. Yep. Many Christians today have built the same wall. Yep. Yep. What I'm trying to reveal to you is this. God wants us to be totally different and separate unto himself. Yep. Right. Yep. 
He said, be holy for I am holy. If you are saved, you've been purchased by nothing less than the precious blood of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Throw away. I know that this flesh, our flesh, are quite attractive to the worldly ways. But always remember what Jesus did on the cross. He suffered. He shed his precious blood. And then you live a life of compromise. Don't build a world of compromise. God wants us to be totally separate. Amen. You ever wonder? You ever wonder why you are already saved? There will still be judgment. Not the white throne judgment, but why? Every day that you do unpleasant and pleasant things, the pleasant things will be rewarded. Every time I think of Jesus hanging on the cross, and yet I'm saved, and yet we live, we live a life of compromise. Keep your life pure for God. Keep your children away from worldly ways. You have a responsibility, parents. God wants us, his children, to be the same all throughout the week, months, and years. Not because you come to church on Sundays that you think you are justified to live the worldly way, even slightly worldly, is still abhorrent to God. Just like Israel developed this wall to enable them to live a life of compromise. A way of life they can easily sway in and easily sway out. That's truly making a fool of God. Yep. He is holy and he hates unholiness. Any sin is unholiness. Right. And many Christians. Oh, don't worry, I have first John 1 9. If you confess your sins, he is just and faithful to forgive me. God knows, God knows your intention. You just build a wall of compromise. God, if you cannot, if there's somebody that you cannot fool, you cannot fool, he's a smart, smart guy. You, you cannot fool him. Have you, have you seen people like that? Oh, my pastor is a smart guy. You cannot fool him. But can you fool God? Hello? Right. 
For sure, Sunday is the rich day. But folks, every day must be a rich day. For a child of God. As you dedicate your life to Him. Every day for His glory. I don't know why. I don't know why. God brought me to New Zealand. I really don't know why. As I told you from the start, I hated why New Zealand, when I had plans for three years, I had plans to celebrate our 50th anniversary in the Philippines. And my pastor was so happy about that. But you know what? That that sadness was replaced with joy because I saw how the Lord used me here and I hope that you will you will really take that to heart. What God gave me to preach to you, you will take it to heart. It's not an accident that God brought me here. Jesus is coming person. I know it's kind of, oh, I hear that many times. God is coming very soon. Yes, He is. Don't mistake. Amen. Amen. Yep. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day. Here it is. Many of us have built the wrong type of wall. 
That is, we think just because you are saved or perhaps serving God in whatever way that you are serving Him, that you think God will overlook your pet sins. Sin that you love to do. Could be lying, whatever wrong excuse that you do. I'm not saying that God God knows that we fall into sin. God knows that we fall short all the time. But God also knows that you are fooling Him. Yes. Even I as pastor have sinned many times. And I would cry to God, Lord, why did you do that? And do my little best not to do it again. Amen. Because he is a holy God. I said, Lord, Amen. please forgive me. God will never justify any sin. God doesn't look at how much you do in the ministry and say it's okay to continually keep doing the sin that no. He will judge any sin, no matter how much you do him, you, you serve for him. Because he knows that that sin, that little sin will grow and it will destroy you in the end. Yep. Right. Yep. Sin has proven to destroy lives. Amen. God knows how sin is so disastrous. And counterproductive. If God judged King David because of his sin, don't ever think we are different just because he paid for our sin. Just because Jesus died on the cross for you. Samson continually won battles for God, but he continued to lead a life of compromise. And you know what happened to Samson? I can talk about many others. You can, you can read what happened to Balaam, who justified yoking up with Balak. You can read in the book of Numbers, um, chapter 22 down. Folks, God does not justify our little sin just because we think we have done much for him. Yep. You can build the wall to separate your service to God from the real you outside the church or your pet sin in an attempt to justify it. It is still very, very wrong and it will still bring destruction. Number three, and last. Another wall Christian build is a wall of ignorance. When I was working, a lot of people did wrong things. 
and declared ignorance. What? This is no enter. What, what did you enter? Uh, uh, sir, 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 I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really did just want to make a shortcut. No police looking. But you know what? Ignorance of the law excuses no one. And what would you think? God who hates sin will excuse you for doing sin. Some, as I said, uses first John one I to try to fool God. Oh, you're just. Yes, he's just. And he knows your heart. Many think that if they claim ignorance, that God is okay with their sin. Oh, I didn't know about this word. I wasn't there when Pastor Andrew Kupiliak preached on this. Well, we should be in church. Are you with me? God is never okay with sin. Again, and you can bury your head. You can bury your head in the sun and claim ignorance when you know it is against the principles of a holy God. But it is still sin. And if you don't deal with it seriously, sooner or later, you'll find Pretending you know, pretending you don't know it is sin, and do it anyway. Folks, I always tell my people, when you're in doubt, that is sin. Don't do it because you're in doubt. Amen? You must deal with sin. God sees everything. I have been fooled many times by people's excuses. And they very well know that they told their pastor. They blocked their pastor. But you know what? Numbers chapter 2, chapter 32, verse 23 says, And be sure your sin Listen, if you ever is going to be building a wall, Build a wall that would keep all sin away from you. Amen. Build a wall that will keep all compromises away from you. Yep. Don't be guilty of putting God on the side and practice sinfulness on the other side. God wants you to make the right choices. Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As I said many times, God relies on the fact that you choose to give him the glory. God is pleased with the fact 
that you choose him to give him the control of your life. I challenge you to take these wall down and decide to make God your choice of every minute of every day. Jesus is coming soon. And doing this is loving his appearing. Do you love his appearing? Amen. I, the only wise God, can you imagine? In a twinkling of a time, no one knows when, not a day, not an hour, because God is not foolish. If he says, by March 10, I will come down. Boy, oh boy. You would not have a place to fit in people. Are you with me? Yeah. You would not have a place anywhere to fit in people. They will be because Jesus is coming on March 10. But God is not going to be fooled. That's why he said, no one know it. Be ready now. Because we are not from this world. We are heavenly. Are you with me? Amen. The early church in the book of Acts is a good example to follow. But oh, Pastor, we are in the present 21st century, Pastor. And you want us to follow the, 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 the church in, in the book of Acts? Absolutely, yes. This is how the early church looked like. The apostles and other disciples were making people in the community angry by preaching the truth. I don't care if people throw stone at us because they are preaching the, we are preaching the truth. Because I know God is there to protect us and God is there to reward us. Amen. So, some people were martyred in the book of Acts, and yet they were willing to die for what they did. Are you willing to die for Christ? To die for you? As a result, Acts 19:19, many were involved with the occult brought their they brought their curious arts and burned them in the vanguard and burned many stuff involved in their idolatrous worship to the point that the local makers the, the local idol makers were so angry with Paul that the other believers had to keep Paul safe from down remote I still do not know that will happen to us. I still don't know. But I wish that every pastor are prepared to die for Christ. Amen. I still don't know. It may happen. It may not. Amen. We have already seen how churches are forbidden to preach against homosexuals same-sex marriage. 
Are you wondering why? Are you wondering why? Because God has his own way, the world has his own as well. Yeah. By the way, you husbands, prove your love for God to your family by having a family devotional every night. I encourage you, if you haven't yet, if you have no children yet, husband and wife, please open a Bible and be assured of what God's word. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Folks, this is what your love for God does. If you read John chapter 14, John 15, all through all these two chapters, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Not the Ten Commandments, because the Ten Commandments, if you keep his word, is that you will have murder, you will Are you with me? People are putting a, you know, they, they can be saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. No one can keep the Ten Commandments, but you keep the right. word of God, the Ten Commandments is covered. Make it a habit with your children, have a devotional. This will train your children to love God. Hold the hands of your children every night and pray. As I said this morning. Husband and wife must be in this serious so that your children can see how serious you are with God. Please do not make a wall of any excuses that, oh, I can't do it because I'm busy. Don't make an excuse, wall of excuse. Many Christians today are making the blessings of God that God gave them, hinder them from honoring God. Are you with me? Lord, give me a car, Lord, give me a car, I need Lord, give me a car. And when they have a car, you shall them see them in church. Instead of using their cars to pick up the friends that they have invited and bring them to church, they go somewhere. Hello? Don't make your work, don't make your job a hindrance to do right for God. Are you with me? Lord! Guess what? This is what happened. I've seen this in my 18 years pastor in Australia. Lord, please. Lord, please. I want to go to Australia. I will be faithful to you when I come to Australia. I will never be absent on Sunday. Guess what? You never seen him in church. <laughs> because they have been blessed now. Hello? And, and they think that is being good. You are fooling yourself. Yep. Yep. Do not make your child, oh Lord, I need a child, Lord. When they have a child, 
They make a child mischievous. Do not make the blessing of God be a hindrance. Amen? Amen. Be there when there is any activities. Schedule our things outside of church activities. Put that first. Because that is your way of loving His time. Amen? All these things that you are blessed with must bring glory to God. Not to yourself. Because when it brings glory to God, you are the recipient of many great rewards. Amen? Amen? Put away sinful ways from your life. Anyone who calls themselves Christian must never be involved in pornographic materials, must never be involved in alcoholic drinks, must never be involved in gambling stuff. Anything worthy. Because God yep. came yep. to separate you as a child of God. Yep. Make your family a God-focused family. Love God and build the wall from all that is not God-pleasing in your lives and in your homes. Let the word God, the word of God shines, shine in your life. Shine in your family, shine in your homes. Praise God, Jesus is coming soon. But Amen. while we wait for His coming, it is our duty to be shining light to others, teach the truth and righteousness, until Christ returns, we are responsible yep. to behave like his children. Yep. May this be an encouragement to you individually and to you as a family and to you as a church. The underlying principle that God spoke to his chosen people, Israel, is here for us. Open with me for the last time. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Where is Deuteronomy? That is the fifth book of the Pentateuch. Deuteronomy 6. And say this aloud with me. Pray this. Say this aloud with me from verse 5 to 9. Would you please? Amen. Ready? Are you ready? Amen. Amen. Ready? Go. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And these words that I command this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk with them in the sickness that in the house, and when thou walkest by the way. And when the light is down, and when the rise is up, thou shalt find them for a sign of an end. They shall be one place in thy eyes. And thou shalt write them on the rules of thy house, and on the 
pamphlet. You know what a pamphlet is? Have you seen a horse with a pamphlet? You cannot look directly. Focus on that. And thou shalt feast your children while you're lying down. Talk about God. When you're walking in the park, talk about God. Amen. He says, when thou walkest, yep. when thou liest down, when thou rises up, hello, how many parents are doing this? I kid you not, if you're doing this, you will have a godly family. Amen. We have to think about how we can all learn what God has to teach us. Your family may have one or two children. You might have to juggle up your time or long days of commuting perhaps. But I encourage you to make a regular time with God. And don't mess around with God's Lord's day. Yeah. We'll say the assembly will be served together. Amen. 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 When God sees your heart that you really don't want to miss out the Lord's day, He will help you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And see how the Lord will respond in blessing. I challenge you tonight. Many have come to me, and for sure many have come to their own pastors. And say, Pastor, I follow the word of God that you taught us. It was hard. It was really hard at the start, Pastor. But now we are so blessed. Amen. Isn't that a blessing to hear those? Amen. Loving God and the Father. Thank you so much, Lord God, for using me to bring your challenge and hold my spirit. Help us not to hold God to clean the world and leave all of God somehow following you and somehow following the world. Be God, I know that you are not happy with that kind of life. Please all be standing. Please all be standing. If God has blessed your heart, you would not remain standing there. You would come to the altar and say, Lord, thank you for the challenge I have been given tonight because you love me. Come to the altar. While the piano is being played, don't be embarrassed. That's, the altar is, is a humility place. No one will judge you. It's you between God. And you come to the altar where the piano is being played. We can all kneel together.
our families. This is the perfect time. The Lord and His ears are open and to your prayers. If you love your family, bring it to the Lord. Because only the Lord can help us without family. And this is a call our righteousness. Lord, to do those things that are blessing to your side. 
shout those things that can cause this displeasure of that and to the holy name of the Lord. So this time, we thank you, God, for a victory. Thank you for uh, the message. Thank you for the messenger. Thank you, Lord, for uh, speaking to us tonight. We to you, Lord, everything now. Okay, this whole time that they say the final hymn. 